excited to welcome to our first ever five sports podcast, the inaugural debut drum roll. I'm Carly Nevis alongside Darren Dazzle, and we are bringing you access to the five sports team like you've never seen before to talk about WVU, the high school athletic scene, D2, the Mountain East Conference, all of that and more here on our podcast, a different type of platform than you're used to seeing us. And Darren, just tell the people what they can expect from our weekly podcast going forward. I think the biggest thing is that eight minutes a day isn't enough to interact with you all. We are now here for about two and a half years. And I think the biggest thing that we have wanted to achieve with this is to get to know you guys and to interact with you more um, than just eight minutes a day. Um, the biggest thing we want to bring to you guys is just a different perspective, a look into the minds of the coaches, a look into the minds of the athletes, a look into the minds of people that make sports so great here in the Mountain State. We want to take that perspective on the field and bring it to you guys through your computer, through your headphones, or through your eyes. Um, so we're really excited to bring this to you guys, and we hope you all enjoy it. Yeah, and also to do that, we'll be welcoming in a different guest each week to kind of break down things, see things from their perspective and, you know, kind of join with them as well. So to help us do that, we are welcoming in our first guest, our inaugural five sports podcast, none other than WVU assistant coach, Billy Hahn. Let me admit him into the room right now. He's here. Can you hear me? Yes. We got you. Got me We're at the hotel motel. <laughs> Oh, holiday yeah. in. Yeah. 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 Coach, among all of your coaching honors that you've received and all of that you've accomplished, where does being the first inaugural guest on the Five Sports Podcast rank among those achievements? Is it up there? This might be the highest one I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let me We're just honored. tell the people like a little bit about your resume. So you were... 10-year assistant coach under Hugs from 2007 2017, played ball at Maryland, and then spent most of your adult life coaching. And then, of course, a couple years back, you were assistant for Best Virginia in the TBT. What are you up to now? Is, is this what you're looking at <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis? It's, it's, it sort of is because of the coronavirus, because since I retired, I, I went on like a motivational speaking tour, and I would go to different schools and I would speak to their team and their coaches. And that was really going good for me. And I have all kinds of jobs waiting for me right now, but nobody brings anybody in right now because of coronavirus. So I'm sort of sitting home every day, just being an old man, not trying to not get coronavirus. <laughs> you are the perfect person to talk about this Mountaineer basketball team with. That's what we want to hear from you. You are a 10-year assistant, you know, like Carly mentioned. The big news that is going on right now is the departure of Oscar Shibwe. Yeah. Second ever five-star recruit in Mountaineer basketball history. You were a head coach also at the Division One level at Ohio from 1986 to 1989, from LaSalle from 01 to 04. If you were hugs, how would you have handled this situation with Oscar leaving? What is your reaction? Uh, my, my situation with, with Oscar would be this. Very similar to what hugs. If a young man doesn't want to be in your program any longer, for whatever reasons it is, then it's time for everybody to move on. 
you want somebody that's either they're all in or not in. You know, it's like you can't just put your toes in the swim pool when you start. You got you got to jump in and take the full pool. You just can't tippy toe around. And that must have been coming for a while, as as I guess. Hugs and Coach Calipari are pretty good friends, and it hurts me a little bit that I've heard that Cal didn't call hugs, he just text hugs. When they were recruiting Oscar, Kentucky came in at the end and Kentucky, hugs was really, kept on telling me, he said, Billy says, I don't, I don't think we're gonna get Oscar. I don't think we're gonna get Oscar. I think, you know, Cal came in there, Kentucky's in there. He says, I think they're gonna, I think he's gonna go to Kentucky. I said, hugs, I said, let it play out. You've been in there for so long. I said, I don't think the kid's going to change his mind because you've been with him so long. And I think he will not let down and hang in there. So, and every day, Hug says, I tell you what, Cal's coming in. Kentucky scares me. I think Kentucky's going to get him. Well, long story short, he didn't get him. He came here. But I think Kentucky continued to have correspondence with not necessarily Oscar. But Oscar's people, maybe, or people, his his advisors, whoever. I think Cal and Kentucky stayed involved with him that way. So I'm not surprised at all. I mean, that's just sort of the way it is of 2020 and 2021, the year that we're in. You know, I mean, college basketball and recruiting has really changed. And over the 40 years I was in this thing, I can see every 10 years in the business how it changed every tech, every decade. It's amazing. 40 years ago, you could just outwork people and you, you know, you could just outwork people, baby, basically. And then the next 10 years of my career started getting a little bit tougher because they started put some rules on of how long you could be out and when you could be out. And then my third 10 years in the business, that's when social media became involved. And now you have all this social media going on, which really screwed up everything. And that's why I got out in the last 10 years. I had enough. I told Hugs, I said, I can't do this anymore. And, and that brings me to my next question, because you mentioned social media. And some of the players, you know, were congratulating Oscar about his decision, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram and stuff. And they kind of got some slack for you know, congratulating a teammate that left the team. What's your reaction to that, having been in the business so long and knowing, obviously, these guys develop friendships beyond the basketball court? I understand how that works. I mean, as a teammate and as a, as a player, that you're in the locker room, you're on the practice floor, you're hanging out all the time. It's really hard to just turn your, turn your head on that guy. I mean... I'm sure our players are still staying in touch with Oscar, you know, via text messaging, Instagram, whatever they, however they communicate. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're staying in touch. That's just, the, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Back in my day when I played, if one of our players did this to, to our team when we played, I'll be quite honest with you. I mean, I don't think anybody would, would stay in touch with the guy would, and like would, the guy would become, like, screw this guy, you know, the heck with him. He up and left us. He don't want to be here. 
I'm not going to stay in touch with the knucklehead. I don't be, I won't be, I'm not going to be friends with this guy no more. That's what it was like 40 years ago. There was a loyalty factor. I think the loyalty factor of life, loyalty's gone out the door. It's sad. I, I, there's just no loyalty in the business anymore, I don't think. Interesting. Coach, I think what's so shocking about this departure, Oscars to Kentucky, is that, you know, normally, and you as a head coach would see this, people would transfer, I think really for maybe two reasons, right? Playing time is huge. Right. And if their head coach or recruiting coordinator left due to a different coaching change, right? That didn't, neither of those things happened here. Right, right. Huggins said he believes it to be because of outside reasons. Right. And when I think of outside reasons right now, given the world that we live in, the changing world that you mentioned, is name, image, and likeness. Right. And athletes can profit now off of their names. And right. Kentucky hypothetically could say, once this is voted on, the name, image, and likeness deal, right. they could say, Oscar, you're going to make X amount of money because we're going to be selling jerseys. Or right. you'll make more money here because of Big Blue Nation. What do you think the outside reasons are? Do you have any ideas about why? The two things you mentioned, playing time and coaching staff, whatever, that's not either reason here. I agree with you. Some outside forces came in, and I think your scenario was very good that they could possibly sell likeness type thing where they, he could sell jerseys. I think they presented a program to him. Look, you come here. Big Blue Nation will take care of you. Uh, you'll get some, we'll, we'll take you out to the horse track and uh, the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll name a horse after We'll We'll name it the Big O. Big Oscar running around the, winning, the, winning the Kentucky Derby and you'll get a part of that. I mean, you can basically do anything you want. So like, I'm sure that, I'm sure they laid out a, a, a great game plan for him. <laughs> Oscar wins the Kentucky Derby. It's funny. Um, Buy a nose. <laughs> when Oscar left, a lot of people, the, the first comparison that came to mind was obviously Sagba Kanate and just the way he, his departure came about, sitting out most of the last year that he was here. And now, you know, his NBA dream hasn't panned out so far. He's obviously had to go play overseas. What do you think this move, if you, you know, had a crystal ball, could see into the future? What do you think this move did for Oscar's trajectory um, in terms of going to the NBA and playing basketball after college? I think it's extremely hard to make the NBA. I think you have to be really, really good. And my 40 years of coaching, I, I was blessed to have, last time I checked, it was, I had 29 NBA players that I either helped recruit or coach in my 40 years. So I have a pretty good idea what it takes. As I speak to this day, Oscar is not ready for the NBA. Now, will Oscar be ready for the NBA two years from now or three years from now? Possibly, yes. But he's got a long ways to go. Sags was a better player than Oscar. And Sags didn't make it. I mean, Sags was way ahead. 
of blocking shots and, and, and how he protected the basket more so than Oscar ever could. Oscar might have been a little bit more polished on the offensive end, a little bit than Sags. But I'm telling you guys, it's so hard to make the NBA. It's, 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 it's just so hard. You got to be at the right place at the right time, the right spot. I mean, Javon Carter is a great example. I mean, he's a second-round pick. Javon Carter ended up at the right place at the right time. It worked out for him. Uh, God bless him. But I've always said this, too, about basketball. I really believe there's this thing called the basketball gods. And the basketball gods are always watching you. Javon Carter did everything the right way. Javon Carter was always in the gym getting shots up. And the basketball gods took care of Javon Carter. Now, on the other hand, there's a lot of players out there over the years that I've seen that the basketball gods took care of too in the other way. But the basketball <laughs> gods said, okay, this guy has sort of cheated the game a little bit. So you can't cheat the game of basketball. You can't cheat it. The basketball gods will come back and bite you and get you. Can't cheat the game. And I think the ones that make it have never haven't cheated the game and have been loyal to the game and have, have done everything the right way on and off the basketball court. And I think a lot of it has to do off the court as well as on the court. Looking at where this Mountaineer team is now without Oscar, they're one and two. All three of those games have been decided by four points or less. I think a lot of fans can make the argument that if he is on the court for probably four minutes, the Mountaineers probably win all three of those games. Um, do you believe that this team is better without Oscar? I don't think that they're a more talented team because when you lose your second five-star recruiting program history, you can't tell me they're more talented. It looks like they play harder. Would you agree with that? I don't think they are better. Like They're not better, but they are different. They're a completely different team now than they were before. When Oscar was here, they had Derek Culver and him in together in the high-low situation, and the two bigs in there at the same time gave people a different look than we're giving people now. I think we are still very talented right now, and we've changed how we have to play for us to win. The thing besides Oscar leaving, the thing that's really, really hurt us is Cottrell going out with his Achilles tendon injury out for the year. Talk about a double whammy. We got the double whammy. I mean, Oscar leaving and Cottrell going on down at the same time. That is really hard to overcome. We were kind of talking about this yesterday. You mentioned Derek and... He's banged up as can be. It, the game at Oklahoma State, I just thought he was – it was like a boxing match down low. But, I mean, you couldn't tell against Texas. He went for 14 and 16. He's almost had a double-double in every game in the post-Oscar Shigwe era. How much do you think this time off might benefit him? And double-edged, do you think he's personally better off without Oscar here? Uh, good question. Two very good questions. Number one – the time off 
will give him time to heal all his nicks and bruises that he has. And he's he has been beaten up pretty good now. I know he's had a tough time with a sore back and has had back issues. So this time off will definitely help him. The second question about is he is he better off without Oscar around? I would say the answer to that is yes, because he now has more space, number one. And number two, which gives him room to operate, the thing Derek has to do now is he has to learn to play through double teams because schools are watching tape and now everybody's going to double team him and he's got to be able to handle the double team and be able to pass out of the double team. If he learns how to do that, that's going to open things up for the guys on the perimeter and I think everything's going to be good. I like our team right now, Carly. I think we're pretty doggone good right now. I think we're going to be really good. When we defend like we like Bob Huggins' teams defend and we take things away and we don't let teams pass the ball where they want to pass it without being pressured and without being able to reverse the ball, we, we are really hard to play against. Coach, as we are going to do here moving forward on our Five Sports podcast, we are going to end every podcast with a little something that we like to call a high five. And in this situation, you are now on the hot seat or the hot seat, whatever you want to call it. We're going to just rattle off five rapid fire questions to learn more about you, to help introduce you to our viewers and listeners. And we're just going to ask you quick five rapid fire questions. So I'm going to rattle off the first one here. In your entire coaching career, who is the most impressive player that you have coached? Stevie Francis. I'm going to go off basketball. Wow. What's your favorite candy? Yep. I would take an Almond Joy right now. <laughs> the Mountaineers will go how far this season? Elite eight. And with enough luck, you could get to the final four. From your lips yep. to the basketball god's ears, right? Am I right? <laughs> uh, favorite go-to move on the basketball? How about that. Crossover, dribble, to a like pullback, to a step back. Crossover to a step back shot. Yes. I didn't know you were left-handed. Are you left-handed? I, I am left-handed, yes. Are you left-handed? <laughs> oh my God. I always wondered why you were so straight. <laughs> More memorable moment. Yeah. Making it to the final four in 2010 or dancing to hotel, motel, Holiday Inn on your road trip with Best Virginia to be in the first ever TBT representing WVU. Equally the same, both things fantastic. <laughs> and one, one more thing, in a pre-coronavirus world, you can find Billy Hahn in Morgantown when you're not home, what's your go-to spot? The purple cow for a cold beer. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> we appreciate the time. You have made history being our first ever guest on the Five Sports Podcast. Thank you. Stay safe and, and thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Anytime I can be on, let me know.
Love Perfect. that. Hopefully we'll All see right. you at some more guys. games going forward. Purple cow for a cold beer. <laughs> On me. Yeah, all right. See you.